Good evening. I'm Rick Cottom. Welcome to Your Maryland. Late on a frigid December afternoon in 1886, a man looking for a second chance arrived in Baltimore by train from New York. Though his ears jutted prominently and his walk was shambling, he was impeccably dressed and wore a tall silk hat atop his stocky frame. Yet fine clothes could not alter the fact that at 34, William Stewart Halstead's career was all but over. Once he'd been golden, a baseball player and captain of the football team at Yale, then a brilliant young surgeon who operated in the finest New York hospitals. All had been lost in an innocent mistake. This was a time when American medicine was just beginning to emerge from the Middle Ages, and surgery from utter barbarism. Most surgeons who'd been trained to cut into screaming, struggling patients held down by their assistants still worked too quickly. Since a patient had to be desperate to agree to one, operations were few and about half the time fatal. Those who didn't die from shock died days or weeks later after crushed, dying tissue had been sewn back into the body where it became an agreeable host for infection. Things were slowly getting better. Anesthesia had been discovered in the form of ether, and Joseph Lister was arguing the benefits of antisepsis, but older doctors still scoffed at the notion of washing their hands and instruments, still proudly wore their bloody aprons from one operating table to the next, and laughed at the thought of wearing gloves. But not Halstead, who was an early convert to the idea that doctors must banish germs from the operating room. He'd also paid attention when Sigmund Freud experimented with a new drug, cocaine, as a local anesthetic. In 1884, he and his students in New York began testing it on themselves and found that it worked very well, numbing tissue wherever it was applied or injected. They found that cocaine bestowed other pleasures, too. Euphoria, boundless energy, far less need for food or sleep. Too late, Halstead realized the danger. He was addicted. Once outgoing, social, and witty, he was now distracted, brusque, reclusive, and at times completely incoherent. William Henry Welch, an old friend from Bellevue, now organizing the new Johns Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore, could not watch a brilliant career end this way. He invited Halstead to join the Hopkins staff. He met Halstead at the station and took him to his own comfortable rooming house on Cathedral Street, where he could watch over him. Baltimore soon revitalized the young surgeon. Since no one but Welsh knew of his addiction, or that he began replacing cocaine with morphine, he was soon a phenomenon whose energy and work ethic were the stuff of legend. From his unofficial headquarters in The Pathology, a laboratory for anatomical research and new surgical technique, he impressed colleagues and astounded students. He was also more than a little eccentric. Claiming no one in Baltimore knew how to wash his handmade Parisian dress shirts, he sent them back to Paris for laundering. In preparing intimate dinner parties for students, he first inspected and counted each coffee bean before brewing Turkish coffee that kept them up all night. Having married the granddaughter of a Confederate general, he bought his wife's family's old mountain retreat in western North Carolina, and from there imported just the right firewood for his Utah Street house. But along with these oddities, Halstead created procedures for healing crippling hernias, attacking breast cancer, and treating thyroid conditions, and he pioneered work in vascular surgery. Working slowly and carefully to minimize blood loss, he regarded surgery as an opportunity to learn, and could be so completely absorbed that he once said to an assistant, May I ask you to move a little? you've been standing on my foot for half an hour. But at Hopkins, post-operative infection all but disappeared. Patients sought him out, and his students went on to revolutionize medical training. Impossible as it seems, at the time of his death in 1922, no one knew that the now nationally renowned William Stewart Halstead had lived with a drug habit for almost 40 years, except for William Henry Welch, a man who was right about many things, 
and who'd been right about his old friend all along. Mm-hmm. 